Our scripture for today is found in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. It reads, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I don't think... um Sometimes things happen by accident, and sometimes I think there's more than a coincidence involved. And this is one of those weeks where I just feel like there's more than a coincidence involved that y'all had sent me to look for God at the gun show on a week like this week. Um, and I, I did it a couple weeks ago, and yet the place where I found God there and what God was speaking to me about there just really ties in with the week that our nation, our community has been having. Um, it's been a brutal and terrifying landscape, and honestly, this has been the kind of landscape that seems to be becoming, be becoming more and more common in our world, that someone with a bad heart or someone with a mental illness um, goes in and does violence to innocent people who aren't suspecting it. And when we see something like this happen um, anywhere, um, whether it's to our children or at a, a rally or um, at a naval yard, we're just, we're shocked. And we start to feel vulnerable. I know, I know that y'all have been expressing that to me, is that we realize how frail we are, how thin the line is between um, keeping ourselves safe and somebody with a bad intent doing something to us that we can't protect against. And certainly we think if this can happen at a naval base, Oh my gosh, you know, it could, it could happen anywhere. And so in the midst of that happening and the shooting up in Detroit and where I went to school in Danville, near, which is nearby, there's another shooting. It's just In the midst of all that, then we have the flooding going on in Colorado. And how do you guard against that? How do you prepare for that, you know? And 200 people missing? And then this week, um, here at home, let's bring it locally, there was a funeral service for a little 15-year-old girl, Lake Travis, sophomore, who died of an aneurysm. Just like that, just gone. And we, we see all this and we feel like, man, the world is really dark and there are really dangerous people out there and there are dangerous things. And then there are just weak things like a blood vessel and it can cause life to end. And what do you do when you realize that we're that vulnerable to the darkness? We're that unprotected. And I was thinking about this when I went to the gun show. 
Um, Kevin grew up in a family where they hunted, right? They, they hunted. I grew up in a family where we sang Beatles songs and ate muesli, okay? And the important thing to my mom was that I knew which Beatle was singing lead, okay? Not like gun safety or anything like that. So when I married Kevin, it was d- really different. Kansas farm boy, crazy hippie, you know, together. And so we kind of have both in our family um, for whatever it's worth. So when y'all sent me to the gun show, I took my right-hand man, right? I took Kevin with me. And we were talking about it. He was kind of getting me ready for what this granola girl would see there. And um, he said, I said, well, how do they protect people? Because there's all those weapons. He's like, well, they're not loaded, Laura. And I said, okay, um, well, what about people who bring their weapons? Do they bring their weapons? He's like, yeah, but they, they lock them open. So, and you don't have any ammo. And I said, well, with what? So like a zip tie. I said, you're kidding me. A zip tie? How does that stop anything? And he said, well, it, it just keeps it safe. So when we got there, sure enough, um, I didn't know that you were supposed to bring your favorite weapon to the gun show. So I, we hadn't brought any. Um, we, I was just going to look. And, but everybody came armed. That was what was so amazing to me. You have to remember the family I grew up in. I, um, I've shot guns since then. But, you know, I know who I'm doing it with. And I know I can trust them. And these are all strangers. Um, and they all have weapons. All of them. From a small handgun at the back to um, a guy with a dolly full of rifles to guys chatting at the snack bar with semi-automatic weapons strapped across their chest. And um, I talked to the police officer before I went in, and I said, so how are you, (laughs) what are you doing, you know? How are you keeping us (laughs) safe here, (laughs) right? And he's like, well, we check every weapon and this and that, and then we lock the gun in the open position with one of these, which, as you will notice, is a zip tie. And I I said, I've been having a debate with my husband. He says that that is going to keep it safe, and I say... I could break this if I wanted to. What keeps someone, some black-hearted person, from doing that? And he said, nothing. I said, you mind if I have one of those? (laughs) (laughs) There's something here I want to talk about. As I walked through the gun show, now, listen, many of you would say, and I fully realize this, I was probably in the safest place on earth, right? Because seriously, if some black-hearted person decided to go crazy there, there's a lot of good-hearted people that would take him out, right like that, right? Because zip tie, that's not stopping you. It's not. But at the same time, when I was there walking through a place where everyone has a weapon and I don't, and the only thing standing between me and one person, not the whole group, one person who has turned to evil, one person who has gone the wrong way, is this zip tie? I felt vulnerable. I felt weak. I felt unprotected. And I was looking for God. So I was talking to God, and I was saying, where are you here? Where are you? And he said, I'm your armor. I'm in your armor, Laura. He said, remember, 
you know, here's all the weapons you can see, and they're good at protecting your body, but there's an entirely different war, pastor, going on in the hearts of people in this world that we need armor for. And God was telling me, there were so many sermons I could have preached, and he was like, tell him this, that he was telling me, your church needs armor. You need armor. It's got to be better than this. If this is the line between us and the darkness, we should be afraid. But it's not. God gives us real armor. Paul talks about a battle. And who are the enemies? It's pretty scary. Um, He says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, right? That's a different kind of arming yourself. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is the darkness. This is the evil. It's a reality. And I don't feel like on a week like this, I have to convince you that evil is a reality. It's a reality. And the stronger you get for God and the more powerful you are in your faith and your effectiveness and your love of the Lord, the more of a target you are for this. And the honest truth is this is the most passionate, active, evangelical, missionary-minded church I've ever served. I don't have to tell you, hey, it matters that there's people lost out there. Hey, it matters that there's a fire. Hey, it matters that somebody's hurting in your neighborhood. You know it. You want to do something. And what that means is that because we know it and we want to do something, and when the darkness hits, we run towards it, which is what we should do to share the light. We don't want to run with this. You want to run with your armor, Because this armor, if you wear it right, will never fail. Doesn't matter how dark the week is, whether it's as a nation or it's what you're facing in your life, it won't fail. You gotta wear it right, but it's 100% guaranteed. Nothing's getting through if we wear it. So let's armor up. This is what um, Paul says put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. The more active you get for God, the more of a threat you are. We are a threat. So I can't let you walk around unprotected, vulnerable. I can't. So first of all, Paul says, put on the belt of truth. Literally, he says, gird your loins with truth. Okay? It's an old, ancient, gird your loins. And we think, that sounds really weird. So let me explain it. So anytime somebody says, gird your loins, friend, you're like, oh, I know what that is. Okay. In the old days, in Jesus' time and even before, men and women all wore long garments. Okay, we call them skirts. They were long. If they were going into battle, though, they would gird their loins, the men would. And that meant that they got the bottom, the back bottom of the skirt thing, they brought it up to the front and they tucked it in and then they belted it securely, transforming their skirt into pants which they didn't have. Nobody had pants. So this was battle gear to be able to turn that long skirt where if you're running, um, guys, you've never had this experience, but ladies, you know, if you're running in a skirt, that's a dicey proposition, okay? You, if you're going to be running, none of us, do you see any people running marathons in like long skirts? Like, oh, okay. It's always shorts, right, if we're going to be running. So they can make pants out of that 
But what held it there? The belt. If you didn't have a belt and you just tucked it in, it was going to slip out. And then in the middle of battle, everybody else has their pants ready to go. They've got all their gear, and your skirt is falling down, literally. So not only does truth, because that's what Paul says is our belt, is our truthfulness. Truth, we can all recognize this, keeps us from being humiliated. There is nothing more humiliating to get caught in a lie you said this thing over here and this thing over here, and suddenly it's out. Not only is it humiliating, you have just totally compromised your witness for Christ. It is impossible to be a powerful follower of Christ and be a liar. So what Paul says is, You, the first armor you put on to fight against the darkness, to defend so that you'll be standing strong, is the belt. Buckle it tight, right? Let all of the things that you need hang off of it. Because you think about a police officer, even today, there's weapons on the belt, there's um, all kinds. They might have mace, they might have the gun, handcuffs. There's all kinds of things that they can't go back to their car and get. If they run into a terrifying situation, they need it right there, right now. And Paul says, for us, that's truth, that we are truthful. And so what what is the center of us and the beginning of all of our strength is our truthfulness. So I'd encourage you in a world that bends the truth, right, in business where you're like, oh, I really, I mean, business is about trying to take advantage of somebody else, right? To get the advantage and make the money, it's what it's about, We can't not be business people, but we need to be integrity. We need to have integrity, right? When you stand in front of the mirror in the morning and you're brushing your hair, your teeth, I want you to be thinking, God, help me to arm myself with truth. Help me to buckle on truth as I get ready for my day. That's your first piece. Your second piece um, is this. He's in different translations. My translation says the body armor of righteousness. Um, Paul actually said the breastplate because that's what they were wearing that day to defend themselves. Um, This is body armor, okay? It's really heavy, and that just speaks to me so much. What does it protect, though? So my belt is really handy. I keep from falling. What What does the body armor protect? My heart, right, my lungs. What else? Vital organs, right? Everything, this is where somebody would like to shoot you. Satan knows that. Okay, Satan wants to shoot you in your most vulnerable areas, in your heart, near your breath, okay, near your vital organs. Remember, when did Satan attack Jesus? Was Jesus all like strong and armored up? And he was, the first time Satan attacked Jesus is number one when Jesus is about to begin his public ministry. He's about to become a real threat, and Satan is going to try to take him out right after his baptism. And Jesus is fasting for 40 days alone in the desert. And Satan says, I'm going in. And day after day, he's tempting him where he's weak. Turn this to bread. There's got to be an easier way. I'll just give it to you. Forget about the cross, right, if you just bow to me now. So I'd remind you of that. Satan knows where we're weak. The forces of evil, they can see this. What nobody else can, they can see it. And so God says this armor for our heart and our lungs is righteousness. 
That's a fancy way of saying right living. It's the body armor of right living. That the way you choose to live, the decisions you make, they become your breastplate. They become your bulletproof vest so that Satan can't find a hole to attack you, so that you can't be neutralized. It's, our, it's the center of who we are, is the choices we make every day. Now, I have, um, my stepdad was in the army, retired army, and he talked about in Vietnam what this was called. This was called a flak jacket, and it really was a jacket. And inside the jacket were metal plates, like literally. This, this is like a composite of some kind. It's kind of bendable. Um, interestingly enough, well, I'll get to this in a minute, you can take out the plates. I don't know if y'all can see this, but you could. And in Vietnam, you could take out the plates. And what the soldiers, Daryl told me, in Vietnam did is because it's so heavy, and they were in Southeast Asia having to tromp through the jungle, and it was wet and humid and awful, kind of like wearing this in South Texas, they took out the plates. They threw them away. So it looked like armor, but it wasn't. And he said, I said, well, did anybody still want their plates? And he said, well, some did. Some wanted their plates. But what happened is the guys who had taken their armor out and thrown it away called the jacket chicken plates. So what they were implying is if you're still wearing your jacket and it's got its armor, you're a chicken. Chicken plates. They're making fun of them. And so they took their armor off too because not because it was too hot and heavy, which it was, but because of the social pressure of it. Oh, my friends. Right living is heavy, isn't it? And so I have seen a lot of Christians who still wear the cross and come to church but they've left this at home by their Bibles. And no wonder it's heavy. It's hard to be doing the right thing when everybody else is doing the wrong thing. The other day, this is a small example, but it starts small. We were renting a golf course. They let you do that at the Willie Nelson Cut and Putt. We were renting a golf cart. And my kids wanted to go down to the park. I said, sure. Well, I went from the guy, and the guy says, are you going to take it off the golf course? And I was like, well? And he said, you can't take it off the golf course for liability reasons. I'm like, we were going to have a picnic. And he said, you can't take it off. I'll rent it to you, but you can't take it off. I said, okay, I won't do it. And we go out the door, and Leah says, but we will, right? Because I had told her we were going to rent a golf cart and go down to the park. And what would it matter because if it breaks down, I'm going to tow it back. Nobody will ever know. And I even saw a neighbor friend of mine, and they're like, why are you hanging around here? You should go down to the park. I'm like, and the kids are like, yeah. I'm like, well, I gave them my word. And I'm kind of preaching about this this week. <laughs> it's hard. In a world where you just say yes and you live no, it's hard to wear this. It's heavy and you get made fun of. In fact, if you're not being made fun of for something about your faith, you're not really doing it right. Or you're not hanging out with people who don't believe and you should be doing that too. Body armor, right living. It only works if the plates are in. 
And that's the plates or the choices you make every day. Every single little thing is knitting this armor together or it's eviscerating it. The final thing this week, and we'll talk about the rest next week because it's just too rich to shotgun through it, no pun intended, um, is, our, is our boots. And literally, when Leah was a child, um, we would buckle her, maybe some of y'all with little kids are going through this now, we'd buckle her into a car seat, and we would start the car, and we would be driving, she would wait until that point, and then we would hear the Velcro go, right? And her shoes would come off, and shoes and socks would fall like rain, and she would say, uh-oh. And we would, Leah, you need your shoes, it's important, you know, this is what's going to protect you, and this takes mommy and daddy so long, and sometimes we'd, Leah, put the shoes back, you know, it just depended on the day, yelling or, or um, reasoning or rewarding her, she didn't care, it was a game to her, like as soon as the car was going, uh-oh, right, the shoes hit the ground. One day, Kevin, who was wiser than I, was getting Leah out of her car seat. The shoes are on the ground, of course, and so are the socks. And he just said, okay. It was July, and we had a kind of gravel composite driveway, um, and it was about 15 feet from the car across that sticky gravel. It was not soft to our door. And he put her down, and he said, go on and walk over there. I'll meet you. And Leah learned to love her shoes. <laughs> she did. Now, the shoes that God gives us are the best. Because when we talk about belt of truth, that's a choice we have to make and it's hard. And breastplate of righteousness, that's our actions every day that make it or unmake it. But boots of the gospel of peace are a gift. Okay? Now imagine you wear all your armor, we get to the helmet, you've got that, you've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you've got the shield of faith, and you're all ready to go, and you're, all of us are marching out, and we're going to go walk across the church grounds, and you're like, oops, but I forgot my shoes. You're going to fall behind. You're going to be neutralized. Any soldier in an army, imagine a soldier on a battlefield who has everything but not the boots. I mean, they're They're gone. And the good news is the boots are a gift. They're a gift because it's peace. Shalom, it's called in the Bible. Shalom means peace that defies whatever circumstance you're in. It means peace that is so deep that it seeps into you and it can flow out to others. Shalom, boots of the gospel of peace. That means to me that when the rest of the world goes, where is our nation headed? We say, well, I know where history is going. Right? I know that God is at work in history. God is redeeming, has been working our salvation for thousands of years now. I know that Jesus Christ came for me, gave me a new, brand new life, a second life, and I'm different now than I was, and set me on a mission to tell other people and to change the world. And I know that way out there someday, it ends well. The story ends well. We know that, right? Read the book of Revelation. There's some dark times. There's some difficulties. And then glory. A new heaven and a new earth. And a time where there's no darkness, the sun never sets again, and you never cry another tear in your life. 
And that's where we're going. And that's the gift God gives us on our feet. To say, feet, we're headed over there. And we may have to walk through this terrible time, but evil is already defeated. We just have to keep fighting. But the, this war is won. That's peace. It starts in your toes, works all the way up. Then no matter what you're facing, whether it's at the nation level or it's in our community or it's just in your life that it's been a really hard week or a really hard year, you say, you know what? I can face this because God's given me this armor, this belt, breastplate, boots. Y'all, I tell you what, take it. It's this or this. And I want what God's offering, not this. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask that you would be with us and protect us. Help us to make choices that add to our armor so that we really can be mighty for you, so that the world really can change because we're here. That's what we're praying for, that lives would be made whole, that people would come to meet you, that the brokenness and the evil that's done in this world, when we go in, um, the healing would begin because you're there with us, Lord. So protect us, defend us, and help us to always be strong in your strength so that after we've done everything, we would still be standing. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.